his inner strength into me. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Ha! Huh. So I have a flow of peace that will empower me no matter the circumstances. You have a flow of peace that will empower you no matter what you're going through. Amen. And this peace is ready for anything and equal to anything we face. I have a flow of peace in me. Say that out loud. I have a flow of peace in me. Oh, glory to God. Jesus said in John 14, 27, we quoted it earlier. In the Amplified Bible, he said, Peace I leave with you, my own peace. I now give and bequeath to you. Wow. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Then he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Now think about that. He said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. Ed Dufresne used to say this all the time. He'd say, a troubled heart is an unbelieving heart. So he said, do not let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid. So the obvious question then is who's in charge of whether my heart is troubled and afraid? Me. I am. Hallelujah. So I have to learn that. I have to learn that. And there's times you just got to stop and grab a hold of your mind. And, and grab a hold of it. And not let it run away. Hallelujah. Because, and, and notice, here's your faith, here's your, your faith builder. Because Jesus said you could. Then he said, notice, stop allowing yourselves. Stop allowing yourselves. Notice the phrases, to be agitated, to be disturbed. Don't permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Whew. I'm glad Jesus said that. Don't permit it. Notice, intimidated. Why does the enemy bring circumstances to intimidate you? And what did Jesus say? Don't allow yourself to be intimidated. Is that right? Glory to God. Don't allow yourself to be agitated or fearful. Amen. Don't permit it. Notice that phrase. Do not permit it. Now that's, to some people, that's a tall order. Don't permit it. When the thought comes up, what do you say? I, I'm not permitting that. Yeah, but it comes back, right, and you just say it again. I'm not permitting that. Listen, you, you, listen, you got to be like my mama when it comes to this. Hallelujah. If mother told you no once, that was it. Don't come and ask again. Because you might not just get words. Hallelujah. But because I was her favorite, I usually got words. Hallelujah. She'd say, I'd say, you know, maybe can I go somewhere? Can I do something? And she would say, no, I don't think you need to go. 
And you know, I'd say, well, please, no, no. And then here's, listen, Philip Wayne, you're not going. Okay, that's it. I know that's it. But what do I do? I go to my room, kick the bed, decide I'm going to go try again. Right? And I come back and I say, Mom, please, can I go? And you know what her response was? What did I say? And you just look, she said, Philip Wayne, what did I tell you? You said no. Answer still no. That's it. That was it. That's how you've got to do those things that try to intimidate you and agitate you and frustrate you. Amen. And disturb you. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be disturbed by that. I'm not going to be disturbed by that. Yeah, but do you see this and you see that? Yeah, but I'm not disturbed by it. I'm not disturbed by it. Oh, but pastor, have you seen? Yes, but I'm not disturbed by it. Hallelujah. There are people that can quote how much gas has went up, how much more expensive chicken is. Oh, it's so much more expensive to go to the grocery store now. You can see where their mind is. It might be expensive. It might be more expensive, but it's not supposed to be permitted to trouble you. Hallelujah. Remember Oral Roberts? Evelyn Roberts came to him in the 70s when inflation was so high. And she said, uh, uh, we're not going to be able to eat bacon anymore. He said, why? She said, bacon has went up. And she named how much it went up. Brother Roberts looked at her and he said, Evelyn, the same God that gave us bacon when it was cheaper will give us bacon now that it's more expensive. Buy the bacon, woman. Hallelujah. It's not just about natural things. It's what they try to do to you. To agitate you. To disturb you. And he said, don't permit it. Don't you permit it. How how do I do that? I have that flow on the inside. Righteousness and peace and joy. See, if I know I'm righteous, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken Or his seed having to beg bread. Are you the righteous? Well then you'll never be forsaken. You'll never be destitute. You'll never be without. I said you'll never be without. Don't let it disturb you. You are righteous with God. The devil can't disturb me. If I won't let him disturb me. But you've got to consistently be there. Amen. Glory to God. Look at Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. I hope I'm helping you. I'm getting somewhere. This message is somewhere. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is so important because then you're not left To the same resources as the world. When you start acting like the world. And thinking like the world. And responding like the world. Then you're limited to what the world has to draw from. 
when you're responding out of the kingdom and responding the kingdom way and responding according to the kingdom, then you're, you, you have the resources of the kingdom. What short circuits the resources of the kingdom is kingdom people living like normal people. You can't do that. Hallelujah. I look at some of the people I respect. I was just, I was just thinking about some of this the other day when I was praying. Because, we're, we're, of course, we're believing God for things. And, and I was just thinking about some of the people we respect. Uh, we've, been, we've been partners with Brother Copeland for years. And, and I was thinking the other day, Lord, I'm in partnership with a man that paid cash money for a Gulfstream jet. Just went to Tyler Perry and bought it. Hallelujah. You heard Brother Jerry when he was here. When the Lord, when the Lord opened the door for that Falcon 50. And he's in the, in the plane praying. And the Lord said, I want you to go to the man and tell him you'll take it and you'll pay full price. And he said, Lord, we don't do that. We negotiate. And the Lord said, no, I want you to pay full price. And so he went and paid full price, but there were all the inspections that were due on it. And the seller has to pay for the inspections. And so at the end of that deal, he made $250,000. And paid cash money for the plane. Now here's what I'm saying. That's not just them. He bought that plane cash money in the middle of a pandemic. Those resources came out of the kingdom. Those resources are in the kingdom for you. That's why I'm not troubled or agitated or disturbed. Is that right? Colossians 3.15, notice. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you are called in one body and be thankful. Oh my goodness. Let the peace rule. Let the peace be an umpire. Let the peace decide. Let the peace determine. Let peace control. Let peace rule. That's what all that, that's what the word a uh, uh, rule means to be an umpire, to decide, to determine, to control, or to rule. So we let peace rule when we're deciding what to do. You don't violate peace. But here's something. We let peace rule when we're faced with challenges in life. Not just when I'm trying to do something, trying to make a decision. You know, I'll tell people, well, peace is the umpire. Peace is the guy. Do you have peace? Peace is the green light. But I also, when a circumstance comes up, I face it with peace. We're not to violate peace. We don't violate peace in our decisions, and we don't violate peace by allowing circumstances to cause us to become worried or cause us to be disturbed. Or agitated. I've had Christians, well-meaning Christians, tell me, well, pastor, you know, we just can't help that. Then why did the Bible tell you not to do it? 
if the Bible says let the peace of God rule, the reciprocal of that is don't let the circumstance rule. He's telling you what you're supposed to let rule. The peace of God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Every day, we're supposed to live righteous. Every day. Every day, we're to live joyful. Every day, we're supposed to live peaceful. Listen, life is not always joyful or peaceful. But the kingdom in us is. I said life is not always joyful or peaceful. But the kingdom in us is. I remember about probably a year and a half before my dad went to heaven. The, the, the Lord had, well, the Lord had spoken to me about two years previous. But at least a year and a half. And he started talking to me and he said, uh, uh, your dad's going to come home soon. And he said, I want you to prepare yourself. And he said this. He said, so you can minister to your mother. So I begin, I, begin to, I begin to prepare myself. Just thank the Lord that he was born again. Thank the Lord for the life that he had lived on the earth and represented the kingdom. And, and just praised the Lord and glorified God for, for all of that. Amen. And then the, there was the night, the, well, early morning, uh, on a Monday morning, I got the phone call and it was my dad. And he said, son, I've been talking this over with the Lord. And he said, I can come home if I want. And I said, well, dad, what are you going to choose? He said, I'm going home. And sure enough, five hours later, he's gone. Hallelujah. But here's my point. I, I went to the, to the service, to the memorial service. Uh, uh, we, we, of course, we went to the funeral first. We weren't able to have a memorial service because it was in the middle of COVID. But uh, uh, nonetheless, we were there. And, uh, you know, I love my dad, but somehow the world gets this idea that if you're not grieving, you're not showing love. That if you're at peace, you're, you have the absence of pain. How could I possibly be full of pain when I knew where he was? Couldn't. Impossible. Amen. And I was talking to my mom not too long ago, and she said, uh, at, at your dad's funeral, she said, you will never know how much the peace of God in you ministered to me. It wasn't a stiff upper lip. I had settled it. I'm not going to let grief in. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, it, it doesn't mean that I don't miss my dad. I, there's, there's still days I want, there's still days I got to remind myself not to call him because he's, he's in heaven, right? My mom still uses his phone and when she doesn't answer, it's still his voicemail with his, his, his message. You've reached the office of evangelist Buddy and Jeannie Steele. Please remember that Jesus is an oasis of love in a desert of sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blesses me. But, but here's, here's my point. There's such an absence. But, but I had to choose to let peace rule. 
and be the umpire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are authorized to draw out of the kingdom that is in us. So that we're not living based on circumstances around us. We're authorized to draw out of the kingdom that's in us so that we're not living based on the circumstances around us. Now, I'll say this, and, and please, this is, this is one of those things that we need to hear. To say we're Holy Ghost people and have no peace means something's off. To say that we're Holy Ghost people and then have no peace, something's wrong. Something's off. Because it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now let me, I, I'm, I'm going to take about five more minutes. Look here at Philippians 4. I want to, uh, I want to, I'm taking my time, and uh, it's necessary that I do that. So I'm not going to try to get through everything. Philippians 4, verse 6. Notice he says, do not be careful for nothing. One translation says, even one thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And here's the result. The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Care is the flow of the flesh. Peace is the flow of the spirit. Notice we're given the directive to be careful for nothing. And what's the result? The peace of God. But I've got to start by being careful for nothing. And the enemy tries to disturb you with what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this changes? Well, it's good now, but what if? There's no what ifs in faith. There's no what ifs in the kingdom. It's not what if this doesn't work. It always works. But I, I have to make the deposit. I have to refuse to care. Refusing care and anxiousness stirs up the flow of peace. When I refuse it, I stir something up. And that is what my life should look like. Righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. That's what my life should look like. A, a, a shaken life. A, a troubled life, a life of unrighteousness, that doesn't look like this. Hallelujah. I've got to walk mindful that I'm right with God. I've got to walk mindful that I'm right with God. In other words, we don't live with fear tormenting us, which means that peace is within us. Because I don't live with fear tormenting me. 
I'll have people say, well, what about this? And, and what about that? And they'll talk about different things. And, and you know, they'll, they'll bring up the virus. And I just tell them, don't you know how far past that I am? That is so far in my rearview mirror. Does the thing even still exist? I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying. I'm, there are people that are still stuck there. There are pastors that are still stuck there. There are pastors that haven't opened their church yet. Well, brother, you know, there's wisdom in faith. But dear God, people are dying. I mean, spiritually. Am I helping you? I have to refuse to live a life that's not peaceful have to refuse it. If, if, if I'm not walking in righteousness, peace, and joy, my life is off target. Because I've got to walk in righteousness and peace and joy. See, my life has to measure up to what's in me. My life needs to measure up to that. Oh, hallelujah. So we refuse anything that's not peaceful. Anything. We have peace and joy in us right now. It's, it's there right now. And uh, I'll say a couple more things about this before we close. We don't settle for non-peaceful times. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll be around people and, uh, you know, I, I have family members that they don't, they don't look at the things of God the same way I do. And they just kind of, you know, take it flippantly. I was listening the other night, I was cooking dinner and uh, uh, I had, uh, you know, Alexa play a song and I had her play that, uh, uh, well, Miss Jeannie sings it, but uh, uh, Janet Paschal and Carmen uh, sang a, uh, had a duet, His Name is Life, because he wrote the song. And, uh, and part of that song says, uh, you know, some called him this and some called him that, but I know him as Master, Savior, Lion of Judah. And man, it just hit me while I was cooking dinner. You know, that's who he is to me. Now, ever who he is to you or isn't to you, that's up to you. But this is who he is to me. I'm going to have peaceful times, whatever everybody else has. The world's saying the worst of times. The Bible says the best of times. Is that right? So be mindful of the peace that's in you. Be mindful of that. Here's why. You don't have control over the things around you. You just have control over you. And so you've got to be peaceful where you are, ever what you're dealing with. The peace within me has to be yielded to me, too. I have to learn to yield to peace. When, uh, when uh, our, uh, well, it would be third child, our, our first daughter, second daughter, middle daughter, Angela, when she was born, uh, Pastor Michelle and I, uh, of course, we had... Uh, 
Pastor Michelle had miscarried our first child uh, together. And uh, so this was our, our uh, uh, second child. And we'd gotten the word. I found out where, where I had missed it. And, and I got in the word. And uh, when she was born, she was born with all kinds of medical trauma. And the doctors weren't sure what had happened. And, and at first, they weren't sure if, they, if it was a heart problem or what it was. Uh, she couldn't breathe normally. And, and uh, so long story short, uh, the doctor came in and told us that. And here's, here's what I learned all these years ago. This has been nearly 30 years ago now. I learned in that room to yield to peace. I learned to yield to peace. Now, wait a minute. What do I believe? Now, I got to yield to that. When I was giving my testimony this morning, of, of going to the doctor and the doctor saying, we can't help you. And you just, you just got to basically figure it out. And I made the statement. I said, I'm so glad I didn't have to figure out that Jesus was my healer. I already knew it. I just had to yield to it. I, I had a choice in that room when the doctor said, you know, we don't know what's wrong. We're rushing her to intensive care at Children's Mercy, when she left, there was a choice that had to be made. I had to yield to something. There's two choices. Amen. We had been meditating on Psalm 112 about the righteous man. And it says, his heart is fixed, trusting in God. Is that right? And my wife took my hand and I took her hand and we said, our heart is fixed. It settles the issue. Amen. Our heart is fixed. And I told my wife, I said, I just, I need to get my hands on her. Now, they wouldn't let me in where she was. She was in an incubator and in the nursery. But they pulled her up to the window where I could see her. And I laid my hands on the window. And I said, Lord, if, if that anointing will go in handkerchiefs and aprons into people's body, it'll go through this window. Is that right? And I, I prayed. And, uh, but here's something I want you to see. I uh, went back to the room. And I've never seen this before or never saw it since or uh, 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 before. Pastor Michelle was there, and, I, and, and we were talking, and I said, uh, uh, would you like me to maybe find something on the television? And she said, yeah, and uh, we were really kind of looking for, uh, you know, uh, Christian programming or whatever, but it was late. We, you know, we didn't know what was on. God is my witness. We turned the television on, and when the television came on, now this is before high definition, you know, it took a minute, and it came on, and sitting there at their Arkansas prayer cabin, was Ken Copeland and Sister Gloria, and he pointed that prophetic finger in that camera and said these exact words, your heart is fixed, trusting in God. Hallelujah. God will get it to you however he's got to. But I had to make a choice to yield. To yield to it. To yield to it. 
I, I went up there to Children's Mercy, and God bless them. They are professionals, and they know, boy, they are at the top of their game. And they, they had like a game plan board out for my daughter. And the, and the doctor brought me over, and he said, this is what we found, and, and this is why she's not breathing. This lung is collapsed. And, and he said, uh, you know, uh, it's repairable, but this is a very sick little girl. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, he's telling me all that they were going to do, and he was saying anywhere from 14 to 21 days, you know, is, is what it's going to take. And I said, okay. Now, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough. I wasn't going to disagree with the doctor. He knows his business. I mean, in the sense of he's telling me what's going on. I'm not going to sit there like a lot of people and go, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. I don't receive that. That's usually evidence that you're not in peace. Because you're trying to shout something down. Does that make sense? And so I just said, okay, okay, thank you. Thank you. I understand. Thank you. But right here, I'm yielding to peace. Now, you'll face a challenge with it because I walked over there, and here's my little girl. Now, I say little girl, nine and a half pounds, but little relatively speaking. And, and she's under the lights, right, struggling for every breath. That little body's shaking. She's trying to breathe. And you can hear her going, Oh my goodness, right there, right there, that feeling, that, dis- that, that, that disturbance tried to show up and get me to yield to it. But I knew something, I have started this, this, I've started this down the right road, now I got to stay with it, right? And I could finally touch her and I reached in there and laid hands on her and just thanked the Lord for it. Well, I worked, at that time I worked in corporate America, worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, down on the plaza in the Kansas City area is where uh, a, um, a Children's Mercy is, and our offices were just across the plaza, and so uh, uh, every day on my lunch hour, I could come up and, and, and see her and, 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 and hold her. And you don't want to be letting people in your circumstances that are not yielding to peace. I would not give the pastor of our church clearance to come see my child. Because they weren't going to say the right thing. When, when we would just talk normally, well, you know, I hope everything goes well. I, I've already decided it's going well. Right? I, I, there were three people that could come see my child. And there are people that wanted to come up. Can we come up? And I said, well, no, there's not enough clearance. I didn't lie to him. I, I had all that I wanted given out. But we had already yielded to peace. When, when Carrie was in the hospital, you all heard me tell her story of, of that heart issue that just really just exploded on them one day. When they were in the hospital, I told, I told Jim, you tell people when they come in here, listen, this is what we're believing. This is what we're saying. This is going to be the end result. If you can't say that, agree with that, and believe that, don't come in. Is that what I said? And that's what they told folks. Now, that's not just being uh, harsh. You've got to yield to something. And if you're going to yield to peace, then you're not going to let people in that are going to yield to failure. Amen. 
Well, here's the long, long and short of this. And so uh, I was up, uh, and, and I was watching her oxygen levels. The first day, they told me, they said, she's on 80%, 20% volume from the air around her, and we're pumping 80% in. Right? The next day I went up, it was 70-30. A couple of days later, it was 50-50. Then it was 60-40, and so on and so forth. You get the picture. She went in there at the beginning of the week. I was back up there on a Friday afternoon to visit her. And the doctor, the head man, he had the interns coming around. And he, and he came over there, and he had, he had never met me. And... Uh, he said, are you her dad? And I said, yes, sir, I am. And he stopped. He stopped and turned around. And he said, okay, everybody give me your attention. He said, this is our miracle baby. And this is what he said. We didn't do anything. She healed herself. No, she didn't. I know who healed her. God healed her. But here's my point. What if we did not yield it to peace? They said it could have killed her. Could we have lost her? Yeah, if we had not yielded to peace. I'm closing with this. This has everything to do with success or failure. Whether or not you yield to peace. Yield to the flow of the Holy Spirit. Yield to the flow of the kingdom. Because the enemy's always trying to get you to make decisions based on the circumstance. And when you make decisions based on the circumstance, you're in his arena. Because he can, he can mess with the circumstances. He can't mess with what's in me. This is a closed system. Hallelujah. I believe God. So say it out loud. In the kingdom, there's a flow of righteousness and peace and joy. In the Holy Ghost. Right now, I yield to righteousness. I yield to peace. I yield to joy. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And it shall all come to pass.